Hi, we're Shannon and Jerry Arner. And our dog, Betty White. Your hosts of the Arner Adventures podcast. Could we have named it something more creative? Probably. But it's the name of our blog. It's our last name. We're on an adventure. Yada, yada, yada. After running our own business, working 24-7. And don't forget a mental breakdown in between. We made a lifestyle change and decided to make the most out of life. We sold our house, most of our belongings, downsized, and moved to the coast. We live life minimally, but fully. We live each day as an adventure. This show will help you learn how to live life more fully, with more intention, by experiencing more, and with less stuff. We'll talk about our own experiences, interview others who have much to share by creating a spark in our lives. Some days we'll share real life ongoings of what we're going through, and others will talk about our favorite flavor of waffle. Come join our adventure. It's, it's the, the Arner Adventures, Adventures Podcast. Podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Shannon. And I'm Jerry. As always, our little furry golden girl, Betty White, is keeping us company. And we are back for episode 57 of the Arner Adventures podcast. Today, we have a Spark in Our Lives episode with someone who is doing so much in the world to prevent burnout. We can't wait to tell you about her. But first, let's get to our review of the week. Today's review comes from Brian St. Day. Brian says, really enjoy this podcast. The Terry Tucker conversation won me over. Now I've been listening to other episodes and cannot believe how much inspiration there is in the world. That is so nice, Brian. Yay. And, you know, our we need to explain that it's Brian St. Day. And you said Brian St. Day. I was thinking <laughs> Brian Street Day. Uh. But it's probably Brian St. Day. Yeah. Well, Brian, either way, we are so grateful that you took the time to leave us a review. That was so great. That and was really nice. If you all would like to give us another boost of inspiration like Brian did, please head over to lovethepodcast.com slash Adventures and give us a reviewer rating. It means so, so much and lights a spark in our lives, much like today's guest. Well, today's guest is Shauna Knuckles. After suffering from burnout, which we get, she reevaluated her life and her career. She now shows people how to prioritize mental health in the workplace, stepping away from perfectionism. Should we just go ahead and get to the conversation with Shauna? Yeah, let's get to it. We talk a lot about synergy with our guests and how they create a spark in our lives. And this guest definitely embodies that. Our guest today is public relations industry leader and founder, Shauna Knuckles. Shauna spent her career rising through the PR agency ranks. She was determined to move to the top of an industry she loved and put in the hours and dedication to do so. At the point where it looked like she'd quote unquote made it, the toll that job-related stress took on her health told a different story. Her doctor told her that she had six months to keep working like she was now or her body would force her to stop. Through this process, she realized she wasn't alone in feeling overwhelming stress and heard stories from others who shared their anxiety, stress-induced hospital visits, and panic attacks. Her mission suddenly became clear. In 2019, she founded Advocation, which is now paving the way for industry change by working with PR agencies to reduce stress without sacrificing results. If you are a listener here, you already know why we have her on the show. But um, if you're new, just know that her story relates in so many ways. And Shauna, thank you so much for being here. We're so excited. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited, too. Well, first of all, we like to have sort of a, a mental picture because the audience can't see you and I don't even know yet. Where are you coming to us from? 
I'm based in Austin, Texas. I'm sitting in my home office right now. Um, dogs are put away because they'll they'll bark at anything that crosses the yard. But I'm in my yeah. home office in Austin, Texas. Uh, and do you work out of your home, or do you do you have an office that you go to? Right now, I would say it's about 80-20. So I, I like yeah. to get out of the house. We host sessions with clients. So we've got a little bit of office space, but I really do like working from home. So that's normally where I am. You know, a lot of people who, of course, had offices, you know, pre-COVID, they, you know, got rid of it and they haven't returned. So I'm always curious yep. if someone stayed remote or what they did. I have so many questions. I know we have limited time, so I'm going to get through this, but I'm I'm so excited happily because you know we talked before the show record started recording that you and I both ended up on the other side of burnout and how yeah. that's a wonderful thing but if it's okay with you I, I'd like to hear about that but I, I want to hear sort of you know how did you get into public relations in the beginning like sort of that journey yeah yeah so interestingly PR public relations was not for career choice. It was my fallback career, which is so funny to say now, because after getting into PR and really seeing how perfectly it complements my strengths and my skills, I could not imagine doing anything else. But my mm -hmm. degree is actually in journalism. And I started off my career working in a newsroom. And it was at the time when everything was just shifting to be digital. Um, we, we were working on launching one of the first blogs that the newspaper used. And I remember, uh, it's so funny to reflect back on this now, but I remember instead of stock photos, they had their illustrator draw pictures for every single blog entry, which is so wild to think about now, wow. just the amount of time that that takes. But I, it ended up not being a great fit for me. I had a bit of a traumatic experience in the newsroom. I was thrown into what most people don't start their careers with, which is opinion writing. So I was, I had won awards for opinion writing um, and I had received an amazing position inside of a newspaper to support their editorial you know, their editorials, which is all opinion writing. And I had a piece that went viral before going viral was a thing. Um, mm -hmm. I got interviewed on NPR. I got picked up and syndicated by tons of other newspapers. And then the trolls came out and I was facing coming to work. You know, it might be different now, but I was young. I, I wasn't expecting to have that level of criticism, hate mail, uh, hmm. almost stalkerish people were sending me emails and I just was like, I can't do this. I don't want this to be my everyday. And so I moved into PR and it's, I, I've never looked back. That is traumatic. Even now, and I feel like I'm, I'm you know, in a pretty good place, but even now, if someone sends us a message about something we said or something that we blog about, I take such offense to it at first. I'm like, oh my, and so personally. And yeah. then I just go, gosh, first of all, they're behind a computer. That's the only way they're going to say it to us. And then I, I like to put it in the troll land. Okay. Well, they live on, I, I mean, I really mentally imagine, okay, they're under a bridge. They're like trolls. And then I move <laughs> on. 
<laughs> but I'm able to put it in a different yes. way. Yes. And it is so much, I think, harder when they are attacking your, per, you know, your personal, it's the same with you, you know, this is very personal passion project. And that was the same for me. It was opinion writing. Normally in journalism, you get your start covering like bicycle theft or city hall meetings. And so it was very unusual that I started in that way. And I think usually journalists kind of build up their thick skin through things that don't feel so personal, but yeah, I just, it was not for me. I didn't want to wake up and face that then for the next, however many years of my life. Sure. Yeah. So you move on to, to PR and, you know, I would imagine just like anything. And I, I really related to the beginning when you talk about, you know, you loved it. So you do everything you can to move up into the ranks. And, uh, did you immediately just love it? I know that the stress took its toll. So what, what, how long was that process? And, you know, was it because it was your passion and you just, you know, the way I also describe it is that just because you love what you do doesn't mean you can't burn out, you know? Totally. Um, So was it that? I think, you know, if, if I was putting myself back in my mindset back then I would say, yes, it's because I loved it. I wanted to do a great job, but being removed from it and looking back, I think it was a combination of a few different things and, you know, more self-awareness, years of therapy, (laughs) self-reflection, all that, just having more clarity than I had in, you know, in the moment when I was in it, it was definitely, I, I, I loved the work. I really wanted to do a good job. The econ- the other piece was the economy was not great. Mm-hmm. And there was this, this almost fear among all of, you know, my peers, everyone who was, who was trying to build their career at that same time, that we got to make this work or the alternative, if you're lucky, you get to move in with your parents. If you're not, you're homeless. Wow. And that was the real kind of mentality of everyone. Um, as we were building professional careers when the economy was not good. Yeah. Yeah. So at that time for the first, at least three years, I think when I was in PR, I had three jobs to make ends meet because, Mm -hmm. you know, entry-level PR jobs, not great pay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at at the time when you're paying your dues. So that's, that's the second factor was that kind of fear hustle mentality. Like I got to cover my rents, got to be able to pay for gas that then, you know, that real that real fear. And then the other piece that I really in reflection see, you know, I still, you know, catch myself doing it today is this slipping into perfectionism Mm -hmm. and, and being over responsible. And, and and it's almost like, I think Brene Brown says this, but it's like armor so that you can't be vulnerable because you're being perfect. This episode is brought to you by Southern Oak Artisan. Southern Oak Artisan makes 100% natural soy candles that are not only aesthetically pleasing, but are safe to breathe since they are made with non-toxic ingredients and they're not overwhelming like other candles you may be used to. Between morning brew, lemon bake, lavender, there's just so many scents to choose from. Southern Oak Artisan 100% natural soy candles are handmade in our home state here in North Carolina. But lucky you. 
They ship all over the U.S. Yes, lucky indeed. Head over to arneradventures.com slash Southern Oak Artisan, where you can grab our discount code and link to save on your soy candle purchase. That's arneradventures.com slash Southern Oak Artisan. It's also in the show notes. And now back to the show. I think it was a combination of all of those, all of those things, a perfect storm and probably many other things that I'll reflect on <laughs> I get, I mean, I have chills if if anybody could see it, but I, I get chills just thinking about, uh, number one, I I relate, but I also think how it must have felt being in a position that you do love and you will do anything, you know, to move up and to get further and all of that. And how I think in looking back for me too, in lots of therapy, I look back and say, gosh, I just had it all wrong. Like I, I, I thought that to, to keep moving forward, to keep building the business and to keep making money and the revenue, that is what mattered. And it just, it makes me sad sometimes for, for the other me, for the other you to kind of just have that mindset that, no, that's not what matters. At what point did you say, this is a two-part question. I know that the doctor told you, okay, you can, your body's going to shut down if you keep going like this six months, you know? Had you realized I I don't feel well? It was it um I can't do this anymore. And with you don't have to go there with everything with the doctor, but did did you go to the doctor because you didn't know what was going on? What was that transition like? You know, Shannon, I was really blessed with symptoms that I could not ignore. And I think that that for me was the real silver lining in all of this, because I don't think I would have stopped if there wasn't something that stopped me in my tracks. And this just totally honest, transparent, I will lean into the fact that I have always been a little bit vain and I gained 30 or 40 pounds in just a few months. Yep. And at that point in my life, I'd weighed the exact same since I was mm-hmm. 16 years old. I was very active, super healthy eater. And it felt like that's that's very fast to gain that much weight. And yeah. it's something that I, I couldn't ignore. My jeans literally didn't fit anymore. Thankfully, I didn't. I, th- I think what often happens in that is you just sit in embarrassment and shame. And I think I could have done that, but I did go to the doctor at that point because I also wasn't sleeping. I was for six months, I was probably sleeping from 3am to 7am every single day. Those two things combined, I was just, you know, really realized that some something was off and something was not right. Yeah, I went to the doctor. I, I consistently went and saw, you know, natural paths, acupuncturists, um, a whole slew of experts. I was in the doctor's office probably two or three weeks for 18 months to try and heal what was going on. That So that's how it all kind of transpired. I, I honestly think I probably would have reached a much worse level health-wise if I didn't gain that weight. Very similar happened to me. Um, it wasn't that fast. It was over the span until yeah. I just was like, this is like, I knew there was a problem, but I actually just kept ignoring, oops, kept ignoring it and ignoring it. When you went to the doctor, were they able to recognize immediately that this was due to burnout? No. After they're like, tell me about your life. Tell me about work. Tell me about your stress levels. And then with blood work, they're just like, this is stress. Yeah. When 
he or she, your doctor said this and you got all the results and you realized, okay, this is, I really do need to change my life. Was it an immediate switch or did you sort of have to think about it and go, I don't know. I really love this, this type of work. Uh, so my reaction, when I am thinking back to what I actually did, I'm, I almost don't even understand my own mindset and where I had the like confidence to take this approach, but I let some time to sink in because I think I was in shock and a little bit embarrassed because Mm -hmm. I'm like, how did I let it get this bad? Mm -hmm. And I also had individuals, you know, mentors in my life who were sharing advice, like, well, maybe you're just not cut out for this career. You know, I, I was hearing, you know, things like that. And so once I leaned into my own confidence and what I really thought I could bring to the table in terms of, you know, my career impact on the industry, I got real gutsy with setting boundaries and it did not, you know, go well, to be honest with you every single time. But I had this realization that I I kind of had no option, other options. So it was kind of this or go find another job. And so I, I tried that approach. It did not go perfectly. It didn't even go well, sometimes when I tried to set a boundary, I just kind of like went up in flames, but I just uh-huh. kept trying. I, I still do that. I'm not, no one's going to be perfect at it, mm-hmm. but it is just like a conscious practice. It was a masterclass in setting boundaries that I think set me up for, you know, the, the rest of my life to be able to lean into those skills. You think that your boundaries are better today than they were then when you were really all about setting them? I think that right now, what I realize is it's a, it's a practice. Mm -hmm. My boundaries will need to change as my life changes, as my business changes, as my health ebbs and flows. I'm not always going to need or want the same boundaries. And so for me, I, I try every week to even just spend 10 minutes in reflection to ask myself, what's the support I need this week, whether it's got to send my laundry out because I just can't do it. Is there a boundary that needs to be revisited? And it's never perfect, but I think just having that more dynamic approach versus when we think of boundaries, I, I, I think sometimes the visual around that is that they're so rigid. Mm-hmm. And I really like to think of it more of like trees kind of wait, you know, waving in the wind, like that you've got to bend and move with the circumstances that you're facing. Mm, I love that because then you're not, you're not feeling like a failure when you don't hold up that boundary. I am always actively working on my boundaries. Try not to just really hate on it as much anymore, but because I am really trying and I I do a lot better now than I used to, but I love the way that you put it because let something go past that boundary. I beat myself up about it. Your way of describing it makes me say, okay, no, like (laughs) I'm still better than I was in the trees. It, it's a really great way of thinking about it. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about advocation. So when you made these changes and you said, okay, I can't, I'm either going to have to get another job or another work in another industry. How did you decide that you were going to start this business to help other people? Was that a quick process or how long did you stay in that flow before you started it? Yeah. So I, 
I started my own business and the path for getting there and landing with what our business looks today was a bit of a journey. So I, I did come to a realization that the way that I wanted and needed to live and also the impact that I wanted to have in my industry was not happening in a job. So I set out to create my own business and I actually started with my own PR agency mm. and I was doing mentorship training, um, workshops on the side, just talking about more this, you know, this vein as a side or a passion project. I'm like, maybe one day I'll retire and this is what I'll do. But I started with a PR agency. I actually did a podcast episode of my own where I shared the, for the first time publicly, it had been years in the past that it actually happened, but the whole story of, you know, gaining all that weight, what my doctor told me, how that whole journey transpired. And I, it, something was something in my soul that needed to get out. And I thought the response would just be like, oh, what a great story, Shauna. Like I thought my mom would clap for me. I cannot tell you, like I'm almost, I get emotional just thinking about it. People from all over the world were messaging me. Like I was, I'm, I'm not an influencer. I don't have a huge following, but somehow people were finding this episode and I had, you know, past colleagues, I had PR professionals from Ghana reaching out to me, the, the Netherlands, everywhere. And I was hearing these stories about, you know, women who were fainting at events in the PR industry, who were coming down with lupus because of stress-induced work environment, going to the emergency room with heart palpitations. Like some of these were people who I knew and had worked with and we were all just suffering in silence. And that was the point for me where I was, I just felt like we could all do better yeah. and that everyone was struggling and it didn't, it didn't need to be that way. And then with the pandemic, there was this real opportunity for me to shift into exactly what we're doing now, which is operations focused on creative agencies, PR, marketing, social media, centered around less stress inside of the business with the same amount or more of success. This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. We've been using Liquid IV now for over a year, and what a game changer. It is, especially if you don't feel like you're getting enough water in each day. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier. It's a powder in a packet with so many flavor options. Pina Colada and the strawberry are probably our faves year-round. You can take them wherever you go. Or like you do, Jer, you make a big water pitcher every day and drop some packets in that pitcher and mix it up, right? Right you are. Yep, I want my water to work for me. Liquid <laughs> IV delivers two to two and a half times more hydration than if I were to drink the water by itself. Head over to arneradventures.com slash liquid dash IV to grab our discount code and get free shipping. That's arneradventures.com slash liquid dash IV. And now back to the show. As people were trying to figure out this new way of remote working, there was this opening to share our, you know, my insights and usher in and support this new way of working because finally people were really open to it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that was the catalyst for what advocation looks like today. And the name, Advocation, where did that come from? I mean, I think I know, but... 
I was really stuck on a name and I'm, I will be totally honest. I had a business mentor suggest it to me. I was like, I hate, you know, I hate the name of the business, the business, what it was. And she is a real, you know, brilliant branding expert and she helped me come up with it. But the real meaning behind it is advocating for the industry that we really want. I love it. Oh, I think the name is perfect. You know, advocation is meant to help people in the PR industry. And so you said that you do open it up to other agencies, but it kind of stays in that creative world, right? Yeah, that's when I really thought about where we could affect the most change and have the most impact, it's in that industry. So for us, we really do focus on, you know, everything kind of under the creative agency umbrella. So we've worked with graphic design firms, marketing, branding, kind of everything in that realm. And so when you take on a new client, do they usually recognize there's burnout or do you find that you're doing workshops and you're kind of doing outreach and then they realize they need you? Like, how does someone come to you? So the way that I set, have set up the business, it really allows us to uncover where there are challenges behind the scenes. What often happens in this type of business, and I, I know it happens in many other businesses too, is that on the outside, it looks like you're all put together, but behind the scenes, it's total chaos. Mm -hmm. And so usually when agencies come to us, businesses come to us, they are, the owner is really stressed out. The business is not profitable. People are, you know, leaving the company because they're, it's not a, you know, a happy place to work. They're burning everybody out. But those are usually the three, you know, the three reasons that, that agencies come to us and it usually happens in, in big periods of growth. So if they've grown recently and they can't quite catch up and they want to reshape the way that they're working as a company, that's usually how we are able to support in that way. As someone, and I'll speak for Jerry too, as people who have been through you know, burnout and and recognize that. And I know that in the industry we were in, we had a a ton of uh, compassion fatigue. And what I'm wondering is knowing what you've been through and then going into a business where you're helping prevent that again, when you see it, are you drained? Do you have compassion fatigue or are you able to sort of put boundaries around that? I mean, one who's in a business of helping people does run the risk of burnout. What things do you have in place to recognize, okay, I can feel that going there? Or Yeah, it's, it's a combination of many, many things. And this is something for me that's been really, uh, I'm really proud of myself personally for the level of self, you know, reflection and realization to see, because I'm a total empath. I'm, mm-hmm. I can walk into a a room and just feel everyone's emotions. Yeah. And I think sometimes what happens with empaths is that they, they either go full force and let everything in, or they set up a boundary and just turn it off. And I think that level of empathy, at least for me is such a superpower because you are able to take in information around you, uh, reading between the lines and what's not being said. And so for me, w- more so than boundaries, it's it's almost like 
a ritual or um, close to like a meditation process, but I, I really try to let those emotions come to me from others and almost think of it as like a screen versus a net. So it's, I'm not okay. capturing those emotions and holding on to them. I'm just letting them like pass through me and, and go out. I also really, if I've had a day with a lot of meetings where things are tough with a lot of people, I will take 10 or 15 minutes and just almost like I've got to cut the cord mm. at some point. You, it's And even just like that visual of cutting the cord between their emotions and your person has been really helpful for me. I guess less setting a boundary and more of a practice so that I can still hold on to that empathy for other people. I mean, you, I'm assuming you have a team of people that help you yeah. um, in your business. When you're hiring, what is, what is that like for you, the hiring process? You know, this is something that I, I really have to balance because I'm very proud of and work really hard to create an environment in our own business that people feel safe in, that they can succeed in, and that they really enjoy, but it's got, there's got to be balance for both. Um, you can't just yeah. only have empathy and never ever set the expectation that people have to rise to the occasion because right. things don't always go smoothly in our jobs. Missteps happen, but it, it's, it's kind of like you really just need to have some level of resilience so that you can keep moving. And um, we really practice open, candid, conversations we're, we're keep we lay it all out there if something's not working we talk about it but it's definitely a balance I think it's powerful that you uh, that statement about yes there's empathy but there's also rising to the occasion you know I, I was just thinking about what the work environment would be and and I think you you've probably nailed it, especially knowing that there's uh, an open door open policy of being candid I think that that is, I know it is. I know it's unique. It's rare. There are a lot of organizations who say, I have an open door policy, but you know, you can't really go in and say exactly what you're feeling. And especially burnout. I think in this culture, we are very hustle minded and, and, oh, if I tell my boss that I'm burning out, am I going to miss out on the next raise or am I going to miss out on um, a promotion? So it's, I think it's really admirable that you have that across the board that they can say if it's not working. If something's not working and everyone's feeling it, let's just talk about it. Yeah. It, it's not, one way that we approach that in a philosophy of mine is, have you ever heard of that Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Yep. We, we and we recommend this to our clients to spend quite a bit of time ensuring that people feel safe and secure in the bottom areas of the pyramid. And so, you know, mm -hmm. at the very bottom, it's basic survival. So is this job going to allow me to pay my rent and buy food? And mm -hmm. so, you know, if you are consistently telling an employee, like your job is on the line, you've got to step up or this isn't, or else, you know, you're, you're putting them in this fear mentality that they'll never be able to rise through the pyramid and where employees really shine. And I think bring to the table, what most businesses want is when they're up 
like in the third, fourth, fifth level of the pyramid. So you really need to make sure that they feel safe, like they're there, they can succeed in a way that, hey, I'm going to have a paycheck. So not saying things like, like we said, your job's on the line, that, mm-hmm. that kind of a thing, unless it really, really is, you know, that's, that's a different conversation. Sure. And then making sure that they really feel like they belong yeah. and that they have a community around them. And then they're able to, w- once they have that, they're able to slip into more, um, deeper, meaningful impact for the business. What plans do you have for advocation as it continues to grow? And, you know, is it sort of the trajectory of just help as many organizations as as possible? Or do you have other things in mind for the future? Yeah, right now for us, it's really centered around being able to help more more organizations one-on-one. And then I love gathering. I love community. I love events. I love teaching. And so there is things coming down the pipeline to be able to bring our industry together, offer support, offer community, and offer training and learning so that we can not only work with companies one-on-one, so we can kind of have an impact on many people at once. You going on podcasts and and talking about it, it I mean, just me personally, when you hear some of someone else who has had an experience that resembles yours, okay, they get it, they get it. But you really do, and I've said this before on here about other things, mental health or or you know, physical wellness, anything. When you know that someone has experienced what you're dealing with, I feel like you're more receptive to hearing what that person says. So I think if you're going to you know, PR conferences or or whatever, and you're speaking about this, I can just imagine it does open a dialogue within other companies. So you are reaching more people through just getting out there and telling your story, which I think is super admirable and it's great. Yes, yes, I think so too. And I'm that's what I'm really excited for, especially now that there's more receptivity to this line of thinking and ideas. It was not that way in our industry and many industries, but that's really changed. And I think there's a real opportunity there that I'm excited for. With what you've been through, do you feel like you would never be able to work for someone again? And that you're, I always say I'm I'm unemployable. I cannot, (laughs) I'm completely unemployable. I have to work for myself. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I do. I have gotten to a point where I feel the same way. I wouldn't be a very great employee. Mm -hmm. And when I look back, I, the only reason why I was a good employee was because I was in positions where I could run my job. Like I was a business owner. Mm -hmm. I think anyone with an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial mindset feels that way that once they get where they feel like they're supposed to be. Like, oh, okay, I could never, I could never go in. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to move on to your fast five questions. So number one is smoothie out the door or two hour brunch? Weekday smoothie, weekend brunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Number two, wine or coffee? Coffee. Number three, sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Number four, Taking a hike or relaxing in a hammock? Taking a hike. Do you have places to, to hike? I guess, yeah, I guess in Austin, really. are there, 
No? Okay. Not really. I was born and raised in the Pacific Northwest. So I think people who were not born in the Pacific Northwest think that there's hiking here, but people who are from that area say that there's not. Yeah. Oh, you've got great hiking in the Pacific Northwest. Do you go back there often? I was just there last week visiting my family. Mm, yeah. That's really nice. That's yeah. Really, yeah, there is really good hiking that way. Number five, and honestly, this isn't really tailored for you. We just like to ask this question. <laughs> and Jerry thinks it's a great way to get to know someone is ketchup or mustard? Ketchup. Oh, that was quick. <laughs> There's a joke amongst my friends and my partner. I like ketchup way too much. Like it's almost <laughs> embarrassing how many sides of ketchup I request at a restaurant. <laughs> Uh, and how quickly we go through ketchup in our fridge. So it's definitely ketchup. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, the question we ask everyone is what does a life well lived mean to you? Really, for me, a life well lived is all about alignment, purpose, growth, and the people who are uh, around me. So I think really being able to bring those all together for me is what is most meaningful and what I, I, I really strive for in a, a life well lived, um, being able to work towards a purpose and be surrounded by great people and work in my personal life and family is just what I, what allows me to lay my head down and feel really satisfied every day. Oh yeah. That's really rewarding. I'm sure. Well, please tell our audience where they can find you. And I'm just sitting here thinking there's probably uh, people who either are in a place where they can move their their company to reaching out to you, or there's probably people who are like, I need to give this information <laughs> to someone who can. So how would someone get involved and connect with Advocation? Yeah. So if you are own an agency, know someone who has an agency, our website, advocationsystem.com has tons of resources. We've got a great blog up there. Um, a way, you know, you can get in touch with us on our website there, book a call directly with me. And then I'll also say anyone who is in the agency industry or anyone at all who is passionate about not living in a life of burnout, um, living, a, you know, a meaningful life, a life well lived, connect with me personally. I am on Instagram. My, just my full name, Shauna Knuckles is my handle. And I love having conversations about this and connecting with people, uh, just per- personally what I really enjoy. So that's another great way to reach me. Well, we're going to link all of that down in the show notes. And I'm, this was, honestly a pleasure. And I'm so thankful that you're so candid and open about your experience and that it, you know, generated such a wonderful organization like Advocation. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Well, talk about authenticity. You know, again, that word authentic, authenticity is thrown around. I wish I had another word for it. Maybe talk about being real, but Shauna's whole journey is so admirable and how great it is that she got out when she did listen to her doctor and her body and saved her own life, you know? Oh, sure. And it was something that resonated with us, not to the, we didn't experience to the extreme that she did, but boy, we could surely identify. Mm -hmm. Definitely with the way that it affects your, your body, you know? Yes. I mean, we were not well for a long time and just 
oh, I don't know. It, 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 it brought back so many memories of days when we were burned out. But what is such a light is that she started advocation and is something that would benefit so many businesses. And I just think that being able to leave a certain industry to, you know, recover and then go back to the industry and say, okay, now I'm going to start a business to help you guys. And like she said, it is open to other um, folks as well. And she talked about the type of uh, clients that she works with, but I just think it's so great that she puts yet another guest who turns a negative, challenging time into something so positive. Oh yeah, indeed. And it's like she brought it around full circle. You know, she's probably one of the the exception to the rule. It just didn't, you know, she found an answer and a way to uh, help the problem that she had experienced Yeah, and help others. Yeah, definitely. If you're someone who can benefit from advocation, please do connect with Shauna. The link is in the show notes. We just think burnout and reducing it is such an important topic. And we are thankful to have Shauna on the show. Yes, we are so thankful. You can always find us links we refer to during the show and any of the podcast sponsors at arnardventures.com or linked here in these show notes. And until next time, enjoy that journey you're on. We're wishing you lots of adventures. Adios. Arrivederci. Au revoir. Adios. Uh, sayonara. Alvida uh, Dos Vidiniana. And a Bye. <laughs>